Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Greetings and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Alaskwatch. Got a lot going on. A lot of things to talk about this episode. Uh, I think the first thing that uh, I want to address is that I'm finally, my voice is finally starting to get back to normal. Or what passes for normal for my voice, I guess. I um, I think I figured out what the problem was. I was kind of blaming it on COVID and some kind of like long-term COVID effects or something. And I think it was actually the <clears throat> the problem with my voice. For those of you that don't know, like the last few episodes I I recorded, I, I kind of sound like this. I sound like a cross between like Batman and uh, freaking um, Marlon Brando. And uh, apparently, I think, and this is just my opinion, I don't really have any proof of this, but I think it was actually the steroid inhaler the doctor gave me that was screwing up my voice. And I actually kind of stumbled on it by accident because I was supposed to like wean myself off this inhaler eventually. Like I was taking it twice a day and I was supposed to take it once a day and I was supposed to stop taking it. Well, I had like missed a dose and woke up the next day and I was like, oh, my voice is finally, you know, like getting back to normal. And I did my inhaler and like noticed almost immediately my voice started like screwing up again. And I was like, I think... I think this inhaler might have something to do with it. So I kind of went cold turkey off of it and noticed that my voice uh, returned to normal very soon afterwards. So I think that was probably actually the problem. So my voice is back to what passes for normal, I guess. If it was ever normal, using quote fingers. Uh, Feeling feeling a lot better. Uh, Still got a little congestion and... um, a little bit of coughing every once in a while, but that might be uh, from allergies more than anything else. Still get get a little winded. Uh, you might hear me wheezing a little bit. <clears throat> I think that's probably um, just normal uh, spring allergies kind of kind of starting. Um, we've actually got some pretty nice weather today. Sun's out. Things are warming up. Uh, although it's going to be a while before I see my yard or my grass. As you guys know, I've talked about on here, we got uh, quite a bit of snow this year, and uh, it's going to be a while, I think, before uh, we get out from under it here where I live. I kind of live at a little bit of a higher elevation, and uh, I've got like four feet of snow in my backyard, so it's probably going to be a while, probably the end of next month, maybe before I even see my yard, and then a little bit more after that till I see some green grass. So it's going to take us a while to, uh, to have breakup up here where I live. So before I, I got into today's main topic, I wanted to talk real quick. I wanted to put a, um, the word out on the street. Uh, I have a very, very small amount of Alaskwatch hats, uh, baseball caps available on the Alaskwatch podcast website. Uh, you can also pick them up on the uh, Alaskwatch store, eBay store on eBay. And uh, these are kind of... Um, a little experiment that my wife and I are trying to see uh, how well they work out. Uh, they're actually, I think, in my opinion, they're very reasonably priced at like 10 bucks a hat. 
and they feature the uh, Alaskwatch logo patch on the hat. So take a look, uh, pick one up. Again, these are very limited quantities. Uh, I think we've got like maybe 15 or something. Uh, and we've got like three different styles to choose from. So uh, take a look. And um, if they if they do okay, then uh, it might be something we put in the store uh, regularly. And uh, take, uh, take with us when we do our uh, conference appearances. Uh, speaking of conference appearances... I am going to be at the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival, or no, I'm sorry, Bigfoot Conference. I think they do have a festival, but I think that's either like already happened or happening soon. The Bigfoot Conference is happening in July. Uh, I believe, I don't have the date in front of me. I believe it's like July 23rd, something like that. It's on a Saturday. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, <clears throat> awesome people there. Jeff Meldrum's going to be there. I think most of the cast from Expedition Bigfoot. I know Russell's going to be there. Um, man, who else is going to be there? Stacy Brown Jr. Um, just several people. A lot of vendors. I'm actually, I'm not speaking. I'm just going to have a vendor table there. We are, um, again, you know, using it as an excuse to, to go down and visit family and, you know, have a little business trip. So if you're going to be in Gatlinburg, Tennessee for the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot conference. Uh, be sure to stop by and let us know you listen to the podcast. Going to have t-shirts, uh, hats, um, stickers, and knickknacks available. And hopefully my newest book. I am still working on it. I'm just trying to finish it up in time to get it published before the conference in July. I think I can do it. <laughs> I've kind of given myself a timeline. Uh, I have to finish it this month, which I think I can do. I'm over halfway done and, um, just got to get it, um, edited and, uh, formatted basically, <laughs> uh, by June. So it gives me, uh, the rest of this month to finish it the rest of next month, basically to get it put together and then a month to <clears throat> get my copies and get it, um, live on Amazon. So, We'll see how it goes. I, I think I can do it. Um, I've, I kind of, I was supposed to have it out in March and I just kept slacking off and, and putting it off and, you know, concentrating on my other things I've got going on. And I think now that I'm under a, a deadline, I think maybe I'll work a little harder, but, uh, I'm still well within my, my goal, I guess, uh, of having a book out a year. That's kind of what I want to do is put a book out every year. Uh, next one, next year's book, 2023's book, is probably not going to be a Bigfoot book. It's um, probably going to be, I mean, I don't know for sure what it's going to be, but it's probably going to be a um, book of law enforcement stories, I think. I might change my mind. <clears throat> and the way I write, I just, I write one thing at a time. I don't write, I don't double up on books. Um I might, I might try it, see how it goes, but, uh, I could see, I could see myself bouncing between one book and another and never actually finishing anything. <laughs> so I think I'm going to try I keep trying doing it the way I'm doing it, where I just, I work on one book at a time. Uh, if I have an idea or something for another book, I, you know, of course, write it down. 
but I don't work on more than one project at a time uh, as far as writing goes because I just can't, um, <clears throat> I don't think I could, I could focus on more than one project at a time. So that's hopefully going to be out. Uh, it'll be out hopefully in July. Actually, it'll probably be toward the end of June to be able to order it. But um, for me to have it on hand, it'll probably be July. And that's going to be um, kind of like a, I don't want to say a how-to guide. It's it's going to be more about, uh, basically, there's a lot of books out there about investigating Bigfoot, but there's not really books out there kind of that tell you how to do it. Uh, and I'm going to talk about doing it from the perspective of somebody that's had law enforcement training and kind of how uh, professionals, people with training, collect evidence, stuff like that. And uh, it's going to be kind of, kind of like a guide for collecting evidence. And the next item of business I wanted to address is uh, next month. So this, this is April. So next month in May, uh, Seth Breedlove and the Small Town Monsters crew is going to be coming here to Alaska. They're going to be filming their On the Trail of Bigfoot, The Last Frontier documentary. And I'm going to be uh, assisting them with their production. Uh, going to be driving them around, showing them uh, around Alaska. Uh, and I've been tasked with helping them wrangle witnesses. So I've um, actually got a couple of people that are interested in talking to them. Uh, this is, you know, basically you would appear on camera. You would be interviewed for the documentary uh, talking about uh, a Bigfoot encounter that has happened in Alaska. If that is something that appeals to you, uh, I would love to hear from you. Uh, I've actually set up uh, my own, a separate email for this, uh, mainly uh, because I thought, man, you know, a lot of people have problems with the Alaskwatch, the, the name Alaskwatch. Like people don't know how to spell it. People don't know. So I was like, I'm just going to create an entire new uh, Gmail account for this that's easy for people to remember. So <clears throat> if you want to reach out, and let me know uh, about your Alaskan Bigfoot encounter. And if you're interested in being filmed on camera for, or interviewed on camera for uh, a small town monsters feature, email me at Alaska Bigfoot four nine. That's just the word Alaska, the word Bigfoot, and then the numbers four nine at gmail.com. That uh, is <clears throat> my email address that I'm using to collect uh, witness information. And what I will do is pass that information on to uh, Heather, Seth's production uh, assistant or manager, whatever she is. <laughs> and uh, we will see about getting you in front of a camera. Uh, tentatively, we are going to be filming in Seward, Soldotna, Palmer, and probably somewhere up around Denali National Park. Uh, we don't have any concrete dates for what days we're going to be where, uh, but we're nailing it down, and probably here in the next couple of weeks, we're probably going to have some definitive dates. Uh, but again, you know, I think they want to kind of keep it fluid as well, because, I mean, obviously, if we're, you know, filming somewhere and something awesome happens or something happens or they might want to say, well, let's spend a couple more days here or something like that. So 
Uh, we got that coming up here next month. And, um, if you know, if you haven't had an encounter, but you know, somebody that has, <clears throat> and they might be interested in uh, appearing in a documentary, um, you know, pass it on to them. I've got some flyers up. Uh, if you go to the last watch Facebook page, I'm going to put one up on the Instagram page. Uh, a lot of the Alaska Bigfoot, uh, Facebook groups I've, I've posted them to, uh, and I've actually got some, uh, physical copies up, uh, and around in some places. Uh, my buddy Rob Roy Menzies has one up in the Bigfoot art gallery. So if you are so inclined, you can, um, find one of those flyers and pass it on, uh, give it to somebody that, you know, that might be interested and we'd love to hear from you. And I will probably hit on that again before I get out of here. But, uh, the thing that I really wanted to talk about today, like the one, our, our main cop topic, I don't think I've ever done a show here on Alaska watch entirely about UFOs. Uh, I think maybe we've touched on it here and there. I think maybe I'm going to have, uh, Jesse on where we, we talked about it a little bit, but, um, this is kind of breaking news, you know, happening now. Uh, I'm actually a little behind the curve. It happened last week, but, uh, it's, it's actually got so much attention, uh, and it's actually hit kind of the mainstream media enough. Uh, you know, I've got people email or messaging me and asking me if, um, I'm looking into it and, I thought, man, I got to do it. I got to do a show about it. So anyway, what I'm talking about is on April 7th, uh, which would have been Thursday, uh, over, uh, lazy mountain, which is near the, um, kind of Palmer, the it's in the Matanuska Valley, kind of that area. Um, actually <laughs> had to look it up cause I wasn't sure, but, um, in that area, uh, the morning of Thursday, April 7th, there was a huge, it's worm-like, cone-like uh, cloud that was spied uh, over the mountain. And it was kind of, um, man, it's, it's it's hard to describe. It, it kind of had like an arc to it to where it looked like maybe it was... Um, something that was, was launched or falling. Uh, there's some really cool photos of it online. Uh, and some of them, it actually kind of looks like, um, toward the end of the cone, like, uh, the rounded structure, it kind of almost looks like there's like tendrils, like wrapped around, um, something like a little ball of light. And obviously this has kind of taken off and it's just, people are losing their freaking minds over it. And understandably so, because it is a very odd looking formation in the sky. Um, I saw it, I mean, I didn't see it, but I saw the pictures and I initially thought like, well, it's gotta be some kind of contrail from a rocket or, a, a some kind of weapon or something. That's just kind of what it reminded me of. Uh, I know Apparently there had been some, um, some kind of, uh, rockets or, or missiles or something launched from, uh, the poker flats area. And I think initially that was kind of what, um, what, what it was, uh, explained to be by some people. 
I mean, it's, it's very bizarre looking. I'm going to read, here's a article that was in the Bellingham Herald. Uh, this was published on, or it says it was updated on April 9th. Uh, by Mark Price. It says, Ominous cloud seen over Alaska sparks conspiracies. What's the official explanation? It says, A large worm-like cloud materialized this week over Alaska's Lazy Mountain, igniting conspiracy theories and prompting an investigation and explanation from Alaska State Troopers. It happened around 7 a.m. Thursday, April 7th, and photos show the streak of smoke resembled everything from a falling meteor to a burning aircraft. Social media explanations included talk of an eruption, a crashing UFO, and a Russian weapon linked to the ongoing conflict over Ukraine. We saw this on the way to school this morning Very, it was as well. It was very eerie. Christy Ronkin, that's an interesting last name, Swift, wrote in the Palmer, Alaska Buzz Facebook page, uh, Looks like a meteor. I wonder where it landed. Cassie Joy posted. Uh, could it be a satellite? It's so strange. Shannon Delvecchio Watson said, no wings, Susie Cuke Martin noted. Uh, rumors of a possible plane crash eventually caught the attention of Alaska State Troopers and the Alaska Rescue Coordination Center. There have been no reports of overdue aircraft or ELT activations indicating an aircraft crash. A rescue team on a helicopter flew a mission around the Lazy Mountain area this morning Located nothing suspicious, and there were no signs of a crashing aircraft, Alaska State Troopers reported. Uh, so they actually did a press release on it. <clears throat> uh, instead, officials offered a rather simple explanation for the jaw-dropping sight. Uh, further investigation revealed that a large commercial jet was flying in the area around the time that the photos and videos were taken. The aircraft was contacted and reported normal flight operations on its way to JFK Airport in New York. Troopers believe that the photos and videos show the contrail from the commercial jet combined with the rising sun, which together caused unique atmospheric sight. Commenters on social media immediately began trying to poke holes in the explanation, with some suggesting a government cover-up of a UFO crash and or secret weapon, weapons testing. Uh, the old swamp gas reflecting light from a Venus, from Venus story, one man wrote. Uh, Mermaid man and barnacle boy could have come up with a better story than this, another said. That's a weird, that's a weird flex, but okay. It, hasn't, it doesn't have anything to do with Spongebob. Um, <clears throat> Eddie Zing, Zingon, a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Anchorage, told the Daily News, Anchorage Daily News, that his best guess is it was a very vivid contrail. First of all, how thick it is on one side, the bottom left part is much thicker, which is what we would expect, he told the newspaper. And that's pretty much the end of the article. So uh, the, I guess the official explanation is it is a contrail of a commercial plane. Um, you know, I am certainly no expert on anything in the sky at all. Like I can find the big dipper. I can find the North star. I can find the little dipper and that's about it. <laughs> that's about as far as my knowledge of the sky goes. Um, I'm not an aircraft guy. I don't know anything about an airplane. You know, some people can look up at the sky and be like, Oh yeah, there's a March H 72 Huey chopper. And I'm like, it's a fucking helicopter. I don't know what it is. You know, it's or, you know, there goes a C-130, and I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a plane. <laughs> like, I have no idea. 
there's a few planes and helicopters that I can like recognize on the ground, but especially if they get up in the air, I'm I don't know. I don't know what it is. Some people can like, oh yeah, that sounds like a, this type of plane, that kind of plane. I'm like, they're all planes to me. Same thing with boats. When I worked at the police department, every once in a while we get a call about a boat involving a boat and they'd be like, oh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a 25 foot catamaran. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, what color is it? Is it blue? <laughs> What's the name of the boat? Isn't that why we give boats names? So you can differentiate them from other boats. Anyway, so I thought I would use my resource. My good friend is a pilot. He has both military and civilian experience. Um, being a pilot, he's been a pilot for a long time. And I thought, you know what? I will reach out to him and send him pictures of it and see what he's got to say about it. So I did, uh, I sent him, uh, some, some of the pictures that were floating around social media, uh, including one of the ones where it kind of looks like it's got like tendrils kind of at the bottom, one of the freakier ones and kind of sat back and waited to see what he would say about it. And I got a response from him and I'm pretty much going to read it back to you verbatim. Uh, it's kind of long, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into, to what I think a little bit here after that. But, uh, this is, I mean, I don't think that this opinion should be discounted. It's, it's from a gentleman that has many years flying, uh, flown all kinds of different types of aircraft. You know, I, you know, my only experience was flying is on a few little, little, uh, puddle jumpers and commercial, you know, planes. So I know nothing about planes or flying. I'm the guy that's standing there, you know, waiting to get on the plane and looking out the window, wondering how in the hell this thing is going to get off the ground. Um, so here is his reply. He goes, um, it's pretty normal. It's just a contrail in the sun. Uh, the angle makes it look like something it's not. Uh, essentially the jet is forming a cloud. You need two things to form a cloud, moisture in the air and then condensation nuclei. The moisture has to have something to adhere to, to become a raindrop. Uh, the jet engines are putting out a lot of particulates that are made out of carbon. It is the particulate for moisture to attach itself and create what is essentially a cloud behind the jet. Sometimes you may see an aircraft at altitude with no contrail, and then suddenly it creates a contrail. It is because it is passing through a moist body of air that has particulates at, or I'm sorry, a moist body of air at that particular time. I had to call into a radio station in Anchorage a few years ago when some guy called in and started talking about chemtrails. And how he saw two airplanes that appeared to him to be at the same altitude and one was producing them and the other not. It's because they were at two different altitudes. One passed through the moist body of air and the other one did not. Uh, And that's kind of his take on it. He'd seen the pictures uh, that I sent him and that was basically his word on it. And honestly, that kind of put the whole thing to rest for me. Um, I, I do think it's probably a contrail, uh, but a contrail of what, I guess, could be up for debate. Uh, you know, they said it was for a commercial 
uh, jet. I, I, you know, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm not, you know, or at least I, <laughs> I didn't used to be. I'm starting to, I'm starting to wonder a little bit now. Um, I mean, there's obviously things that um, are going on that people who were labeled conspiracy theorists uh, a few, you know, years or, or even months ago, uh, things are coming to light that those people are like, see, see, we told you. But uh, like I said, my, my opinion, and this is just my opinion, it, it has no real value <laughs> whatsoever, especially given my amount of experience in this particular field. Uh, but my opinion is it is probably more than likely, uh, the contrail of some kind of weapons test or something. I think it's probably something that we're not supposed to know about, uh, given, you know, the situation that's going on over, um, in the Ukraine with Russia and all that. I think there was probably some kind of something launched, uh, maybe not even a weapon, maybe it's just some kind of, um, a spy plane, spy satellite, spy drone, something, I don't know, uh, that was, that was launched and, you know, maybe it's experimental, maybe it's never been used in this type of environment and it kind of produced a stranger than usual contrail. And then they're like, Oh, well, nothing to see here. <laughs> Uh, or maybe it just was a regular plane. I don't know. Uh, I don't know enough about the subject to really sit here and say um, one thing or another. Um, you know, and I do know, you know, given the troopers' explanations of it, I wouldn't put a lot of weight in the troopers' explanation. Um, you know, they're all they're con- you know they're concerned with the search and rescue aspect of it. Uh, honestly, they don't care about anything else. You know, if it is a UFO, then as long as they're not breaking any local laws, then they probably don't care. <laughs> they're just want to make sure there's nobody out there. They need to rescue. Uh, and knowing, you know, how straight laced a lot of the troopers are, uh, they're not about to, um, admit or publicly anyway, uh, talk about anything like that. I mean, they're just going to go with, Oh, it's, it's just a plane or, Oh, it's just, you know, it's just something like that. You know, it's something completely normal, nothing to see here. So yeah. Um, what do you guys think? I am going to post, uh, those pictures again, those, I, those pictures are not mine and I don't really necessarily know who to credit them to. Uh, but I will post a couple of them on my Instagram and on the, um, on the Facebook page uh, and just take a look. I mean, they're, it's weird. It is weird. It looks really weird. And I would like for it to have a normal mundane explanation. Like it's just a a commercial jet contrail. Um, I don't know. You know, I have seen a lot of commercial jet contrails, I guess in my time. And I can't say that I've ever seen one look quite like that. Um, But who knows, you know, I mean, maybe it's just kind of one of those, it's a one in, you know, a hundred thousand times that it's going to happen. Uh, you know, an experienced pilots like my friend have, you know, seen dozens of them over, you know, a long career, but, uh, you know, regular everyday people that, uh, don't spend a lot of time around planes or or flying planes, maybe have never seen it. So, uh, yeah, uh, there's a, there's a lot of 
conspiracies out there about it. You know, it's uh, it's a crash a meteor. It's a crashed alien ship. It's a Russian weapon. It's Russianists. Maybe it was some kind of uh, Russian um, spy plane or drone or something that got shot down. I mean, we just don't know. Uh, given the explanation from my pilot friend, I kind of lean towards that. I kind of lean towards that it's a contrail. Uh, but again, like I said, a contrail of what, <laughs> uh, it, it might be something more than just a commercial jet, uh, but not something of, out of science fiction, put it that way. Probably something, uh, meant to, uh, keep an eye on our neighbors, um, off to the West or something. But anyway, guys, uh, take a look at those pictures. Uh, don't forget that. I've got some hats, some Alaskwatch hats available on the alaskwatchpodcast.com website. That's alaskwatchpodcast.com. You can also pick up autographed copies of my book there, soon to be books, I hope. Uh, Small Town Monsters is coming up in May of next, that's next month, May 2022. Uh, If you have a Bigfoot encounter that occurred in Alaska, you want to talk about it, let us know. Uh, You can contact me at alaskabigfoot49 at gmail.com. And we will see about getting you in front of a camera to document your experience. And don't forget to come see me at the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Conference in July. Uh, We will talk about that a little bit more uh, as the time gets closer. Uh, Probably, given with uh, everything that's going on with Small Town Monsters and all that, I'm not sure if I'm going to have any episodes out in, in May I'm going to try and get one or two more out in April. Uh, Hopefully I can get Seth to sit down with me and talk about uh, what we're going to be filming or what we filmed uh, while we're here before he heads off and have him on the show. Uh, But other than that, that's all I got, folks. I hope everybody's doing good out there and um, hope you're enjoying spring wherever you're at. And remember, when it's springtime in Alaska, it's 40 below. (laughs) 